This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where the Seattle Seahawks have won their week four Monday night football matchup at the New York Giants in a commanding fashion, commanding scoreline. They're victorious by a scoreline of 24 to three points, and they head into a week five bye, now three and one on the season. Super, super impressive stuff. Griff, you were saying before we came on air that you kind of spaced out in the second half, which hints at how comfortable with it, it you know, it was for Seattle. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Feeling great. Uh, they are down 100% of their starting offensive line, at least mm. in terms of, you know, Evan Brown's playing left guard, but he's a center, right? They're shuffling. Yeah, they're, 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 they did some shuffling. Geno gets hurt. Um, they're on the road, right? It's So they, they do all that, and they still, you know, smack the, the team the home team on the road so it just goes to yeah they play the giants but it goes to speak of their general competency that you know this is a defense that supposedly doesn't have enough pieces or is just another bad start for the seahawks defense you've got an an incredibly under equipped offense in total obviously so have dk metcalf and tyler lockett but um you know this is supposed to add up to those teams with those situations, if that's their truly their situation, they don't they don't go and blow out teams on the road, even if they're a bad team. So I think this is just generally indicative of their general incompetence or general competence um, in a lot of areas. Um, they've got a lot of firepower, a lot of different from a lot of different places, and coming from a lot of different places, and um, still a lot of potential. And we saw some of that potential pick up the slack um, and start to come to fruition this game too. Um, I mean, what was it? 10, 11 sacks. I can't even count 11. that high. 11, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's just there, there's there's a lot going on here. Um, and it's good that it's going on. Ty? Ty? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it speaks to their depth with everything that you said, Grip. Uh, and and it, it also is a confirmation, another further confirmation of, of uh, the improvements that we've seen with this defense um 
look, yeah, obviously the Giants are, are down quite a few offensive linemen as well. And they're just generally all over the place offensively. Um, but this is exactly what you're supposed to do in that situation as a defense. I mean, 11 sacks against anyone is is insane. And holding anyone to three points in the NFL is insane, no matter what's what the context is. Yeah. Um, but what we saw tonight was just an utter complete ass beating right like that was so much fun to watch uh and yeah i just kind of spaced out as well during the second half i mean the the first half was incredibly sloppy on both sides it was really bad football on on both sides for the most part uh it was all obviously really scary but the the second half was just complete utter domination um and you know i kind of joked before we hopped on here that i was like almost rooting against the offense just so we could see more defense because <laughs> this defense was just so so fun to watch and it didn't feel like even for a second i mean the giants were able to move the ball a little bit but it was mostly just off script success like whatever um like the the defense like it never felt like the the giants were going to threaten for real in this game in the second half yeah. so it was sick it was awesome just- seahawks defense is so back Absolutely. I mean, I was so delighted with with how the defense was playing. If you're a listener to this podcast, you will know that we love our defense and seeing how they were hitting. And they were hitting at the end of that Detroit Lions game. They obviously didn't get the stop in the end. But the way they were hitting in this game throughout, getting sacks, beating up on Daniel Jones, kind of bringing into question why Brian Dayball left him out there towards the end of the game, given he was just getting massacred. Uh, He hates Daniel Jones. He clearly, uh, but it was super, super fun. Overcoming that adversity uh, and like going into the game as well, I had a really positive feeling like that in theory on paper, the way the Seahawks match up with New York, the way that uh, they were missing the left tackle, Andrew Thomas, they're missing Saquon Barkley at running back, the way that the defense had made improvements, they were due this type of game. Uh, and obviously, you know, the Giants are one of three for a reason and they were bad in all facets like every single way they could have been bad they were bad tonight uh, even their extracurricular stuff after the whistle the myriad uh well plethora you could say penalties that the, the officials decided to throw as well i mean the giants only had six for 45 yards and seattle had eight for 74 yards it was a completely flag filled game but yeah, the Giants were terrible, but the Seattle put them away, and it's the way that the defense was able to do it, which was so encouraging. And uh, David Crockett, um, a longtime supporter of the podcast, has kindly donated $10 and has pointed out that Mike Sander, the athletic, is reporting that it's the second wow. best EPA game of the Pete Carroll era. Wow. The 58 0 game in 2012 wow. was the highest uh, EPA per game. Uh, that's yeah. defensive EPA per game. So, second that's... best defensive EPA per game of the Pete Carroll era which is what 11 sacks does it is um bef- before we get to the very exciting moment at devon witherspoon i guess it's worth talking about the two injuries the two significant injuries now part of the reason i was excited going into this game was jamal adams and the fact that the strong safety was returning to action how we'd see him in seattle's tweaked defense maybe playing a bit of the big nickel role in this uh, system and getting chances off the edge he had a missed sack he had a nice big hit in the flat and then he tackles Daniel Jones running out of the pocket brings him up short at the first down marker and unfortunately he dipped his head pretty dangerous uh he got concussed was removed from the game by the uh, independent neurologist expert that's not the official title but the the NFL's person uh, was visibly frustrated and, and uh Ty you're nodding away that was a bummer 
Yeah, that was a huge bummer. And obviously, you just you got to feel for Jamal, right? The guy can't catch a break. It's so brutal. I mean, he works for you know over a year now to make his way back on the field, and and within the first few plays of him getting back out there, he gets concussed, and it looked it looked bad. Like he he looked visibly like pretty pretty messed up from it. Um, you know, I totally understand his frustration on the sideline, um, because I mean that's just taken away from him like Tw- like i said twitter twitter during that period ty like people even of even course. the broadcast was kind of weird with it like this guy has come back from tearing something like his quadricep off his kneecap basically and yeah. and people are surprised that he's a bit upset that one also if he's concussed he's not going to be quite thinking right uh, and yeah. two you'd be damn upset if that's how it's ended when yeah. this is going to be a prime time big comeback all he's been through <laughs> The reaction yeah. and just the the general narrative around Adams in general uh, is, is just so screwed up. Like, it's yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's Twitter for you. That's Twitter for you. Um, yeah, completely unsurprising. You know, very disappointing, but completely unsurprising. Uh, the reaction to to all of it. Um, you know, a lot of people looking for an opportunity to confirm their priors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever. We're not getting in that anymore. Our time. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's it's such a bummer for him. But hey, I got to say, he looked good. He looked good. You know, there was obviously some concerns about what the injury would do to his athleticism. And it, to me, it, I mean, it's obviously just a TV broadcast, but like <laughs> it looked like he wasn't he wasn't really skipping a beat there. Like he looked fast. He looked like he was hitting like it was it was he looked good. He looked like Jamal Adams. Yeah. So that's really yeah. exciting for whenever he gets back. Athletically, he was clearly moving around well, which is the, the main thing you look for, as you're saying, Ty. And then he, he was he was kind of making plays out on the perimeter. And then beyond that, like, I don't know what he was doing in coverage. Obviously, we kind of need the tape for that. Only 10, 11 snaps. Um, but, I, you know, we can at least parse his usage and what, what their plan for him is, at least the base of it. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate, though. God, just what te- what terrible luck. And, like, the way right. he came down, like, that's, that's a really awkward tackle to make. He, because I mean, Daniel Jones is a great athlete in the open field. So, I mean, you're coming down full speed. If you break down, there's a strong chance you're going to get shook. So, he, he's trying to roll his shoulders through his knees, and you know, things are moving at a thousand, you know, a thousand miles per hour, not literally, of course, but and they're changing on a dime like every microsecond. So, I mean, I don't think he's aim his aiming point is Daniel Jones' right kneecap or whatever it was with the, with the crown of his helmet. It's just shook out that way. And we've seen Quandre Diggs come down in the alley and drive his entire upper body, shoulders, head, helmet, and all into guys' legs and thighs and everything. So it's just an unfortunate, really unfortunate timing of it um, and, and, and bad luck. And that's a play that could have happened at any point in the game too. It's yeah. not like, you know, it could have happened five weeks from now. You know, it's yeah. just bad luck that just so so happens to have come, you know, after this, you know, three seasons in a row of substantial injury. Well, yeah. and on a positive note, I'm glad it's not more serious because when the when the head dips like that, really bad things can happen with the spine. Yeah. And yeah. Um, if yeah. you know, as as the Seahawks themselves know, with the way that they coach their tackling system, generally of using shoulder contact, when the head dips, it really can compress energy down the spine and and end in some cases in paralysis or even worse, death. Um, so, you know, don't want to get too extreme, but you can appreciate at least that it was only a concussion and the way Pete Carroll's talking he said it was just a blip or a glitch and that he'll be back you know for the Bengals game and it was great 
the big thing, Pete always focusing on the positive, but the big thing is that Adams was able to prepare for this game. Now, the other scare Seattle had was even more significant, which was Geno Smith. Uh, bizarre play where he throws the ball, gets batted by a lineman. Decent pass protection on the play, by the way. He catches the ball, runs out of bounds, heads up play from Gino. Although, you know, maybe he could have accidentally batted it to the floor and had a pass breakup instead. Regardless, as he's going out of bounds, a defender latches onto the back of his jersey, the, the kind of collar of the jersey, starts pulling down on it, releases from that horse collar action, so they don't call that, and then lands with basically all of his body weight on the back of Gino's right calf uh, slash knee. And Gino's hobbling around. It looks weird. He's visibly upset about it. Yeah. Um, let me find the the player. It was. It was Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. There you go. Visibly upset about how, how that happened. Uh, stays in the game. Throws a screen. Almost gets picked off and taken to the house by Kayvon Thibodeau. Falls incomplete. Yeah. And on the next drive, that so that was happening with about ten minutes left in the second. Uh, quarter the next drive drew lock comes in at quarterback and ty you're thinking like big yikes right uh i mean i'm thinking this is incredible for content and memes but also <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified and i hope gino is okay uh and i mean you know drew comes out and he's just ripping it man you know that's just what drew does right <laughs> <laughs> he mean, was not we're... ripping it he was he was eating it and <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, falling yeah, sure. just incomplete breaking out the pocket yeah, it was terrifying. yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was very terrifying. Uh, <laughs> you know, but he's playing with confidence. You know, they get him on the QB draw. He runs for a first down, you know. Uh, uh, and then obviously, you know, hey, you know, converts a, a third and 10 to, to Noah Fant, which is cool. Awesome. Great. A 51 yarder. Keeps the drive alive. But then the Giants with some of the worst tackling you will ever see. In your life uh down the sideline allows noah to get all the way down to the one there it looked like it was going to be a touchdown but he was down right before he was able to cross the plane but uh <laughs> great blocking from tyler lockett there as well to there, secure there, the sideline. there you go there you go uh yeah that was that was a wild drive i mean this this game like that was when it reached like peak sicko vibes on the night um that was yeah i i just i have no other words other than that yeah that was yeah. that was crazy that was that was crazy and that kind of sums up the just how wild the the first half of this game was and thankfully things kind of calmed down in the second half because i don't know do if you I have any another 30 minutes of that drew lock takes uh who was the one that dropped his crossing route was that tyler or jackson that was jackson on yeah. down the down the sideline yeah 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 i wanted yeah. that caught um, i don't know if that are we talking about the like the sprint out? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that was a drop. I think Drew Locke just threw that at like a 500 mile per hour. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, or am I? I might be thinking of a different play. But um, I mean, anytime Drew's out there, I want to see Walter just call like. Oh, like, there, there was the, no in. the sprint out was Parkinson, I think, or Bobo. No, there was know. definitely mm -hmm. one to JSN. There was one where he like threw it in the dirt, but I think the JSN <laughs> there, one there was, was a, a cross. Of I was yeah. on the felt like quite a lot of in the dirt. I was on well, the he phone. Had three, he had three incompletions. He had three incompletions. So. There you go. Yeah. I was on the phone with with uh, customer support. Okay. <laughs> for you know, something I'm, when I'm, that play happened, I was I was ready to check out. Um, so when but, thankfully um, Gino Smith did return to the game. You know when he left the game, he had nine complete uh, nine completions, nine, nine eleven attempts. 
Did you in know New that? York, which is really cool deaf of him. He but thankfully he returned and after the game it's come out that he well he had MRIs and clearly those weren't <laughs> that severe for him to return to the game in the second half. And it's it's come out that they've wrapped up his ankle, so clearly some twisting went on there and he's twisted his knee and Pete Carroll said it will be sore tomorrow. But it sounds like they've avoided a complete disaster, uh, which is great news because you need your starting quarterback. I don't really know what happened in the second half from an offensive perspective. Uh, I, before we talk about that, though, the main story of this game, I don't want to get sidetracked. The main story of this game is rookie fifth selection overall in the draft ahead of Jalen Carter. Who Let's stop talking about Jalen Carter because this man has more sacks than Jalen Carter now. <laughs> Jalen Carter would have scored two touchdowns on the pick six. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cornerback Devin Witherspoon, who got to star a bit in the nickel role, which I know there's a lot of consternation about that from people as well, putting him closer to the football, letting yeah. his instincts shine in more areas, run and pass, uh, blitzing off the edge, closer to the ball as well, closer to the quarterback, Daniel Jones. What a damn game this guy had. He had two sacks. He had... I don't remember his second sack. I like I, I've been wondering that this whole time. Was, so was it, that on one of those ones that went out to the sideline? Yeah, like, like Jones like ran out on the guy out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. Seven, think, seven tackles, one tackle for loss, um, and and obviously that glorious pick six where the Giants looked like they were kind of making something happen. Obviously, Jason Myers had missed a field goal. Felt like, hang on, is this going to get closer than it should be? And then. No, it's it's just basically put the game on ice. It takes it into a twenty-one to three game. It, it's just beautiful. You get Julian Love and Reek Woolen busting their ass down the field uh, to escort him into the end zone. Awesome. But uh, Ty Spoon kind of showed the entire vision of his game, and they kept throwing his way, and he kept smacking guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You you can see he slows a little bit of things to work on. He just needs to keep seeing more football. But man, his his ability to impact the game is just so like his floor is so high and that's even with like these kind of like you know rapscallion little moments where he's like oh shoot i need to be right here uh type of stuff so like he's gonna just sky skyrocket man it's he's something else i mean he just kind of has he's got that you know he's not just talented like he just kind of has that what you can only describe is that natural sense that pete like that you know, hard to nail down that je ne sais quoi that you can't really put your finger on that Troy Polamalu had, that Earl Thomas had. Obviously, we're talking about Richard Sherman had, you know, to finally use a corner to to comp him to, at least in that sense, um, that Pete Carroll's talked about. Like, he's just got it, you know. And, and this is his third game. <laughs> third week of, like, actual NFL activity, too, period. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. They were, they were trying to set up a pass on the Paris Campbell play. <laughs> so, like, that happened so fast, I didn't even register. That's what no, was happening. I, I thought, thought it, was... it was really behind. Um, and thank you, Ghosty Boy, for pointing that out in the chat, that that was the second sack that Paris Campbell... I thought it was super behind the line of scrimmage, and I was a bit like, uh-oh, but immediately like uh oh it's a double play spoon's gonna get got here but they must have been playing him in cover two or whatever but immediately he flew up and made the tackle like bang like there was no time to get that off at all uh i mean overall on the defense the way that they were just able to get bodies flying down to the the uh the hot route um flying down to the you know the blitz beating route uh or just the check down and make the tackle and they just kind of it was Russian coverage working together exactly the it's, way they envisioned. I think the Giants also did like an abysmal job in terms of how they game plan for their, you know, missing guys and their poor protection. But Seattle capitalized to like a brilliant extent. Yeah. Right. Like if you're gonna play the Giants, hold them to three points, right? Like you can't do better than that with the exception of a field goal. Like as David Crockett And a fifty five uh, yarder, you know. If, exactly, exactly. And as David Crockett pointed out, it's like their second best statistical defensive performance. Uh, the first best since that 58 shellacking of the Cardinals almost 10 years ago, or 10 plus years ago now. Um, so, if, I mean, but yeah, Maddie, like you said, Russian coverage working together, we see how pass rush can help you defend. A four-man rush can help the second level leverage and space stay spaced for and constrict and tackle the check down. Like that's, it's the theory coming full circle here because the whole point of the front structure they're in is so that no matter what the situation is, they have angles for their edge rushers and angles for the interior spacing across the board to get pressure on the quarterback. But most of those fronts, if you lean all the way into that, it's a soft front, even if your players are good and you're going to get ran on. So with the changes they've made, the technique changes that you've talked about ad nauseum, you talked about in your, um, you're fixing the, the Seahawks run defense run fit video that just came out last week. And what we've been talking about for months and really a couple of years now, the, the technique changes and then the, the run fit rules, the run fit mechanic at the second level is, is different this year. Is combining for them able to defend the run, not just defend the run, but absolutely kill it with plug and play players on the interior is allowing them to stay in this front so that they can always rush the pass. And we're finally seeing the pass rush talent catch up to what it could be. And we're seeing how that affects their, the second level's ability to then tackle the check down. Obviously pass rush makes it easier to defend the second and third level, but the operating premise here is that they already have the back seven talent to do that without a pass rush, which is what they've done three years running. They, they've always managed to do that. It's the check down that's still killing them, which rears its ugly head on second downs. Their performance on second downs were good against the Lions. It was good last week against the Panthers. It was dominant this week. The point is, like, there's a clear trend there. As the everything else normalizes, the performance of the second and third level on passes to those areas, the second down performance will be waiting for them, and there'll be a complete defense. And I think this is the first week where we where we saw all of that come together. So, I mean, yeah. The, you know, it, an equivalent performance accounting for a better team might mean 20 points. It might mean 14. It might mean 23. We don't know yet till it happens with decent efficiency with each one. But, you know, I mean, they're, 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 I think they're playing with just about a full deck now. 
in terms of what they want to be schematically health wise. Um, yeah. I mean, they're really getting there. Um, and, and I'm really curious to see what the tape shows. Like, did they find a way to make Bobby fit better in coverage? So where he's not as much of a, I don't want to say hindrance, but like there are some context and coverage where he's a problem and you can't really do anything about it. Do they figure that out this game? You know? Um, and there were some scary so. moments, right? Like at the start of the game where a little pass rush was kind of struggling uh, and they they had all day on the play action, but the coverage held up. And then as the game progressed, they started sprinkling in pressure. Guys started coming off the edge in the way that we kind of envisioned would happen. And it, and it did uh, against play action shots and even against how Daniel Jones likes to just be mobile and just off his blind side like that with a spoon sack. Uh, and, you know, other other statistics which reflect their dominance the giants held under 250 total yards on offense uh running backs held to 2.2 yards per carry on 39 carries again the run defense performing but then seattle after a kind of spotty start on third down efficiency uh, the giants went six for 16 so 38 percent below that 50 percent figure that they like but i mean ty the giants were bad but this is something to be pumped up about yeah, like like I said earlier, like no matter what the context is, the performance that the Seahawks had tonight is amazing. It's incredibly impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it looked a little bit sketchy there uh, to start the game, but you know, the Giants were moving the ball a little bit. But you know, it feels like, especially as the game progressed, most of the success that the Giants were having, you know, on offense was just off script stuff. Like it wasn't really anything that's like real. It wasn't like they were just straight up getting beat. Uh, it was a lot of like fluky stuff. Daniel Jones, you know, scrambling stuff like that. Like whatever, you live with that. Um, yeah. Overall, I mean, it was yeah, just... it was big time broken plays, wasn't it? To be fair, yeah. um, there was like that one bust where uh, it was like man coverage and whoever was meant to take the back out of the backfield on the rub route uh, didn't. But yeah. yeah, after that, it was like Jones making stuff happen with their, his legs. And then when Seattle started rushing with a bit more integrity and then bringing some pressure to kind of close up those interior escape lanes, it was just over. Uh, I mean, Wagner, two sacks. Witherspoon, two sacks, as we've said. Jordan Brooks, two sacks. Uchenna Nwosu, two sacks. Boye Mafia, one sack. Mario Edwards Jr., a sack. Miles Adams, one sack. And then, of course, Spoon had his pick six and Quandry Diggs had a kind of comical interception over the middle uh just just complete dominance so really really impressive um performance from them yeah now if if i mean we don't want to move on from the defense because it was great uh <laughs> we yeah, probably... I, I think that's a good strategy our friends over at cigar thoughts do you think the seahawks should pile up 11 sacks per game moving forward speaking for me and only for me we're not a monolith but yes yeah, i yeah. would be in favor of that yeah yeah, I, I second that. Possibly, yeah. possibly twelve, but right. Um, well, no, Matty, I, I I prefer eleven. Okay. We, well, we, you, we, do we, you. We, you do you. You yeah. do. Now, offensively, again, it, it was it was a very strange game, and uh, you know Seattle's pass protection at times in this game, especially with the way they're tested by what Wink Martindale throws at teams. But also, you know, there are some really talented interior duo. Something uh, Pete Carroll mentioned after the game. Uh, with Dexter Lawrence um, and the other guy whose name I forgot. But those two caused problems, and I, I felt Waldron kind of curled up a bit. I felt um, they were trying to find the touchdown play, and the intermediate passing went missing at times. 
And I felt also just the pass protection visibly limited what Gino was able to access uh, on plays which looked like they had a shot down the field. And then there was perhaps like a lack of run game sprinkling. But, you know, three for 12 on third down, they won't be happy about that on offense. It's only a 25% conversion percentage. And considering Gino only missed two drives and like he came back into the game and whatever they did in that locker room, uh, he looked unaffected like uh there was one throw he didn't step into and it fluttered in there but then after that it, that was more like his decision with the interior pass protection i think but after that he looked you wouldn't have been able to tell if someone hadn't told you so yeah ty yeah, he... are you worried about the offense or is it just nice that they got away with it and they didn't really have to be good did they yeah no they they didn't i mean like i said they were wasn't really any threat of the Giants getting back into this game, um, especially after the pick six. Uh, I'm not concerned about it, especially, you know, Gino's playing through something. I mean, it didn't really look like it, but I'm sure he's still dealing with the pain. Um, you know, but that's just who Gino is, right? He, he's just battling out there. He's competing. Um, so, yeah, not 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 concerned. Um, you know, I thought the run game looked pretty good. I, I, I kind of wish that we saw more of it uh, at times, uh, especially like the, the dual runs were it felt like they were going to bust one mm-hmm. finally and they and they did towards the end there um like yeah I, i'm i'm not concerned uh overall about the offense it's just you know there's a lot of context there and obviously the offensive line right you're playing with with four backups plus your center out of position what yeah. can you do what can you do it's impressive that they're finding their footing in like team chemistry and the running backs as well yeah. on those un- on the under center runs, like you said, with all the injuries with duo, like even outside zone, mid zone, like yep. they're really just kind of like uh, feeling it out. So that's, um, that, that's encouraging to see. I think ultimately though, like, yeah, Maddie, there are some frustrating elements of the offense. If Gino doesn't get hurt um, and kind of, and if that doesn't throw everything off and if Phil Haynes doesn't get hurt and Damian Lewis, I think they're fine. And, play decently um throughout the game in the first half like you like you said gino was nine for 11 and his success rate was like 50 something percent which is like really high still so and they just need you know the eliminate the sacks that they get and hit an explosive and all of a sudden it's just a standard gino game standard seahawks seahawks offense game but as far as like those frustrating things how waldron seems to be a reactive play caller to his available personnel i feel like we just need to put press a put a pause button on what the identity of the offense is and we're not just talking run and pass splits we're talking about the actual design of the calls and what he's going for and everything we probably just need to put a pause on that till everyone gets healthy um which you know fortunately they have a well-timed bye week coming up so um and then we'll just see from there but like what they were this week and even what they were against the panthers like isn't what they want to be schematically despite the results being great like they were what they needed to be for that week right Mm -hmm. and the lions game too um yeah but yeah like there's so much more meat on the bone here so and i thought waldron did some cool stuff in this game too like some of the boots and everything i thought it was I thought it was really interesting what he was doing. Um, yeah. And Gino was was great in the first half before he got hurt. Like some of the improvisation stuff that he was doing, it was awesome. Like the throw yeah, the on, the, on the to touchdown. DK tie, like, yeah, the, the, the adjustment that... that DK made, like great. Yeah. yeah. You impressed with his catch as well? Yeah. The, the, um, uh, the first down catch that he had, what, in the second quarter? I can't remember when exactly it was. He's just, just using his hands. Like, it was amazing. Like he just attacked the ball. It was awesome. Like that's something that we haven't really seen from DK. Like that was, that was, I, I, you know, I was kind of joking, but in general, like, honestly, it was kind of one of the more impressive things from the whole night for the offense was like 
wow, that's actual growth from DK. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he's making an he's making a concerted effort to catch away from his body and pronating his hands. Like that's that's half the battle. Like he's not he's not trying to catch everything underhanded yep. and you know chop up his steps so that he can time up a basket catch or, or or trapping the ball with his chest like he's just letting his feet do what they're doing let his hands extend away from his body irrespective of his like stride um and it's that will embolden gino's like gino knows all right, i'll rip this because dk will magnetize the ball even if he doesn't come down with it it's still allowing for like even if he drops one if he does that consistently, he'll probably get more targets in different situations. So his denominator yeah. in the sample will grow and the numerator will. But I mean, he might be less efficient in, in, a, in a vein, like maybe per target, but like per route, he might be more efficient if he does this. So and I think that's what we're seeing. Like, yeah, it's it's given him the best or it's putting him in the best position to succeed. Right. Like, yeah. And and. That, that's what really what you what you want to see out of it. especially now what it's year five and it was pretty much the same the same the same and now we're actually seeing him take that next step and, it, and it's just that's kind of what i was wondering going into the last couple of years with dk is like is there another gear that he can kick into and i think now we're seeing that come to fruition here yeah 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 agreed so finally, before we get on to how, um, you know, the officials and, and the broadcast and some closing thoughts, um, Gord has kindly donated $5. Thank you, uh, Gord. This is my first year full-time follow. Sure. Is this a similar format as previous year's guests and pre-game shows, midweek content, great post-game show? Thank you very much, Gord. Appreciate you. Words. Thank you so much. This is the first year of us uh, doing it with this format. So uh, good to have you on board and we will aim to continue this because I think it's going quite well and then i saw later on gord that you were asking in chat about do super chat and super stickers give money yes we get we get all of that money um but there is also no pressure on people but there is another option to contribute which is the stripe link in the description that yeah. and we split it all a third a third a third uh, so thanks very much for the donation as well gord appreciate you now MetLife Stadium, love it, love it, because the Seahawks defense turns into the Legion of Boom there, and it always seems like a very comfortable blowout, and the Giants quarterback often does like some really stupid things. Uh, or the Jets quarterback. Uh, when was the last time Seattle played at the Jets? Uh, at MetLife. Tw 2016, the CJ Spiller game, Tanner oh, McAvoy yes. game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, that, was that the game that Didn't... Cliff Averill just went all the way off? Didn't Sherm pick off like Fitzpatrick like twice in that game? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Fitzpatrick's always a great quarterback to watch when he's like clinging in the pocket, or he, yeah. he was at least. Um, but the Giants were like like one of those bad teams who was super super dirty. And Geno Smith in his post game presser, uh, did like was kind of cool about the hit. But in his sideline, I don't know if you saw the on field interview he did with uh, Lisa Salters, uh, but he was calling it a dirty play and saying there was no place in the sport for a play like that. Um. Do we have any other thoughts on that? I mean, I don't know how that wasn't a flag when the officials were throwing flags left, right, center. It felt like one flag every three plays. And if the Giants had actually uh, been a good team, this game would probably have finished at midnight uh, Eastern time. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dude, yeah, the the refs could have let some of the calls go. <laughs> like the, the, but then the, how's the Gino one not uh, a yeah, 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 horse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's super inconsistent. Cool. Yeah, it's super inconsistent. Absolutely yeah. super inconsistent. Um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that that play was inherently dirty. I think it's just kind of ball happening, but it absolutely should be a penalty. Uh, I don't yeah, get how that's be. not called. Um yeah, I just thought that was silly. And Gino has every right to be, you know, annoyed, especially it seemed like he was alluding in his press conference to coaches, like Giants coaches kind of uh taunting him after the after that play happened. Um yeah. and that's kind of what set him off. Obviously he got an unsportsmanlike penalty after he came back for the game. Uh and then he, he came back and was hitting some really tight window throws too. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them got called back too. But I mean, he was dealing like Gino. Honestly, he was set up for having a really good Gino game. Yeah, and then yeah, and just the situation just fell apart on him. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's just a product of the the injury uh, for him, and then the injuries to the O line, just kind of uh, game state, all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, man. Thankful for a bye week. Yeah, <laughs> and so. Yeah. In terms of that bye week, Seattle has the next week off and then they go into Cincinnati and take on the Bengals who uh, Joe Burrow obviously struggling with his uh, calf injury where he's lacking the usual mobility, escapability, uh, play extension stuff that he has. Now, Cincinnati in, on, on their schedule, I don't believe, I think they don't, they don't have a bye, do they? I don't think Let so. Just check I, th- I think they're. I think they're playing next week. Yeah. No, they don't. They play the Cardinals at the Cardinals. So, no respite for them. Um, Seattle needs to get healthy. The the offensive yeah. line, as Griff mentioned earlier in the show, they were seriously banged up. Uh, Damian yeah. Lewis left the game on the car. Evan Brown, who'd left the game at center for Olu Oluwatimi to slot in, then had to come back and play left guard, which he looked like he was in pain on on one of the uh, plays where they kind of close did a close up on him after uh, Anthony Bradford came in at right guard for Phil Haynes. Obviously, you got Jake Curran, who I, I do feel had some rough moments uh, this game. I noticed yep. on the broadcast when I yep. haven't maybe in previous games. And then, uh, you know, you had Stone Forsyth on the left side. Now, Charles Cross, he was inactive this game. I, we did hear that was a one-to-two game thing. And perhaps he could have played in this game if Forsyth hadn't looked so, um, you know, relatively comfortable. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back for the the Bengals. Obviously, Abraham Lucas, I think, would be eligible to come. One, two. It three. might be. It might be one more week. He might have to wait one more. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see if Kerhan goes there, or maybe they slot Forsyth on the right side, which is difficult. Yeah. So that that's what I was gonna ask because like I, he's played that spot before, but that's you know that's not an easy thing to just be like, hey, now you go play on the right side. Um, so do we think that's what's going to happen here? Because I don't know. I feel like Forsyth probably gives you a better shot than, than Curran. But again, it's such a difficult thing to just ask him to suddenly Maybe. slide over there. Yeah, he, he has played right tackle in college. 
and yeah. he was fine, but he seemed more comfortable at left tackle, maybe with enough reps. Um, I think, I they think probably, they'd stick with Curran, wouldn't they? I think they'd stick with Curran because continuity is gold. Um, yeah, right. that's a good point. Yeah, and, 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 so, and the run blocking, like Jake's run blocking, is fine. You know, I don't think there's a huge yeah. drop off from Abraham. Yeah, right. and then they and, was, and they're running the ball well, and they I don't think they want to. Yeah, no, he Curran had a couple of uh, nasty pancakes. Sonic, yeah, no, he had a couple of really nice blocks on the runs uh, tonight. Um, it was just pass pro for him. Had some yeah. had some legit struggles against uh, Thibodeau tonight, but. and and you, you it it came in a it, it's not like yeah he he did like I'm not saying like yeah, oh, yeah. it was good actually but it's yeah. comforting that it came like with a singular theme he wasn't getting beat every which way like he's just oversetting in Thibodeau in college and anytime he's played football has a really reactive inside move if he reads a, a jump set or an overset. And like that's what Thibodeau does. He feasts on that stuff. And Jake Curran was jump setting Kayvon Thibodeau for some reason. I'm not sure why. But like he wasn't losing the the, the deep edge or the deep arc as he usually does when he loses. And he wasn't getting bull rushed really. So like I'll take that. If if you're talking about like can the offense be functional with Jake Curran out there? And you know, as you try to improve week to week, like I'll take the way he lost and had a rough game in protection as you're trying to project forward. Uh, I mean, across the board, this O-line sustained so much regression. And yes, it hurt the offense, but there was still some, again, like functionality here. It's not like complete adject system failure. He opened his press conference praising, you know, various positions for like filling in when, you know, starters were out, but particularly the the offensive line griff. So he's impressed too. And and Will in the chat has kindly donated $5 to give a shout out to the offensive line. given their injuries and only giving up two sacks one of them coming right at the end as well didn't it will yeah um wait guys i mean we got to talk about one thing about defense though when we're when we're able let's do it what's up u-turn baby we said yeah, u-turn. u-turn defensive u-turn. u-turn and not only and and the hashtag is no longer since week six it's now hashtag since week since two what? We, sorry, we sorry, ha- sorry, 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 no, 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 how has there been a defensive U-turn? Because, what, what do you mean? Is this, is this one of your, is this like classic English dry humor? What right. am I missing? Oh, because, because, um, are you saying from 2022? No, from, from, okay, the classic padded early season rough start. Mm-hmm. Right, yep, yep, yep. but it, no, it wasn't rough. They stopped the run. Well, they just they just had a bad well, that, that's, day that, against on third that's, down. That's why I was saying since week two. I mean, I know week two wasn't great either. Oh, on the whole, right, but, but, oh but, great. But, so there's but, no U-turn. So you're the, just trying to little. No, 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 no. no. I mean, there's a U, there's a U, there, there's, there, there, there's definitely a U-turn from at least it doesn't week fit. One. The the aggregate the aggregate EPA is still bad weeks two and week three. What we use to project forward to them being good overall was the early down performance week two and week three and the run defense being stable all throughout. So, I mean, really it's more of like a gradual climb. We should call it the climb, okay. but our brand here at Seattle overload is U-turn. Right. So they climbed into a U-turn. They have, they have now U-turned in the aggregate, Maddie. They went up a hill, found a roundabout U-turn. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. If you okay. That's the great. U-turn, Thank, we thanks for that. Thank you. But it's hashtag since week four, parenthetically, all downs. Okay, cool. 
Will asked how much of this game helps with the Mariners pain. A lot. I was actually telling these guys, I, I really needed this. I really needed yeah. the dopamine. Yeah, because what's important here, guys, is Ty's happy now. Okay? That's right. My mental health is the most important thing. Right. I mean, that is important. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no. It, uh, yeah, yeah. See, I put you in a corner. You couldn't say anything else. David, thank you very much, David. <laughs> kind donation. Big ups to Andy Dickerson and also love to Evan Brown for what he's been doing at Center. Appreciate you guys. Do a That's DK right. breakdown video. Maybe, David. I've been telling them to do it. I've been telling hey, them. Hey, da David, if you keep donating, then we'll just have to do what you say, won't we? Um, thank you very yeah. much. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Evan's now, guys, you. Evan, Evan Brown's a good center. Yeah. Just straight he's up. He's a very good center. Uh, played okay at left guard, I think, as well. Now, I wonder, I wonder how Olu did today. I, I saw mean, blocking people, like in the on the ground at least. Yeah. Other injuries for the bye week. Obviously, Jamal Adams should be back. Kobe Bryant missed this game with what sounds like turf toe. Was seen in a walking boot by someone on Twitter, uh, and then the team announced that he was out for this game. Trey Brownwood should be back from his concussion. Artie Burns uh, probably should be back from his hamstring thing. Depends how severe that is. Nick Bellore will be back after missing this game. The special teams captain after the birth of his child. So congratulations, Nick Bellore. Uh, and then yeah, Charles Cross, as we said. Um, so. They're going to get healthier. Um, the other significant thing which happened in this game was Jaron Reed leaving later on. He's playing through a groin strain and something else that he mentioned on the broadcast. But that he got he was, kicked. He got he kicked in the through? shin, and the, uh, Pete said it wasn't broken. It's just like it hurt, and the game was in a state where he didn't need to go back in, was it? But right, I mean, yeah. hopefully he's okay because he's a, a massive factor on this defensive he line. Had another Check good out game. Gibbs' video on him. Yeah, he had another good game rushing the passer too. Like he he was making his impact. Um, I'm really curious to see. I'm really curious to watch the tape and see how they rushed Jones early on, and then how they rushed him later in the game because the scrambles did seem to stop. And I think that the interior were getting too upfield, and I think they just kind of resorted to like mush rushing or contain rushing. So like when the three technique had a two way go, they're not using the inside move anymore. When every every three technique, no matter who it was last week, if they, the center was sliding away from them, or away from them, they were crossing face on the guard because that a gap is basically the guards on an island because he doesn't have help to his a gap. In this game, if they were the three technique, if the center slid away, at least in the first quarter, he's just still rushing the B gap. I'm like, why is Jaron not crossing face? Because I was looking for that specifically because that's clearly their process and what they're being coached to do, and they all have good counter moves, Miles, Edwards, and Reed, if Reed finds himself as a three technique. So I was wondering where that was, and they weren't. Well, they were, I think, trying to early on, and then come the second quarter, third quarter, they're just staying in the B gap. So they weren't getting their wins as frequently, but I think that Jaron's his bull that, rush started. It to had pop. to be by design. Yeah, but then it started to pop anyway, just because Jaron's really fucking. Well, good every I, I want to know how many of the sacks that they had today, how many of the eleven sacks, and then the various pressures too came when Seattle sent five or more rushes, or were when Seattle, uh, you know, was doing a bonus fire zone, so a pressure concept, but still rushing only four guys because it seems like a high percentage they just they just couldn't deal with it like yeah i mean a, the, the 11 sec number obviously is just like 50 percent of that is jones being a goofball but well like, and whatever the heck um the the coverage concept well the, the right. sorry the root concept was downfield like it seems seattle was just able to clamp up stuff and right i know giants fans are disappointed in 
their receivers and how they've uh, their front office has acquired receiving talent. Um, Vince asks if would the spoon sacks have been Jamal's if he didn't get hurt if he knows Terry's used for nine plays. Uh, probably not the second one, but the you know some of the blitzes were how Jamal would be used too. So that is uh, instructive moving forwards. Yeah, right. And I think I think they have like an auto check against under center if you get zone away from you the that overhang to the field is just being sent i think that's what they're doing because they're they're just trying to steal like like rush attempts basically right because you're playing palms over there anyway probably that's right yeah so just or if it's cover three you just fire zone it right right Diggs had a really nice play um making a quick tackle on a it was like a three yard game but it was such an elaborate three yard game he was like the the hot to two player coming down the, in the slot. The 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 right the principle with Jamal and now I mean Devin and the combination there and right and probably Julian Love too is to get them their blitz attempts via the least cost or the 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 least expensive ways to scheme them up like just like you're you're blitzing just out of your structure and as the offense gives you certain formations you're just blitzing those formations as a rule. Um, it's less like you're not like bobbing and weaving pre-snap with six moving parts. Like if you want to do that on third down, great. But your base structure is not being compromised. You're just like, hey, here's our base structure when it's Jamal or Devin in there. We can activate them here. You know, when Jamal's playing, you know, the dime jack or the dime will on a second and eight, you know, against 11 personnel, like, you know, we can play around with him uh, mugging the B gap and have him be part of a five-man rush or, 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 a sim pressure, right? But it's not like you're not going full Wink Martindale, mm-hmm. you know, or Rob well, Ryan. And on, or... on that point as well, the did you? It's sort of a point of how they're not like bastardizing their structure to make plays. Like they're they're doing things within their overall structure to try and like combat the the weakness or the problem area that the the offensive formation the set presents itself. But you know, on that <laughs> Daniel Jones uh, fourth down conversion where he picked up with his legs and Maffey took a bad angle. I yeah. found it really interesting how on the sideline beforehand, like Pete Carroll sees the Giants come out in the formation that they're in, which was like 12 personnel, like threatening like a duo type of run. Yeah. They actually got like a play action off of that, um, which they covered yeah. up well and Maffey should have made the play. He just had a slightly yeah. bad angle to yeah. Jones. It's tough. Like Jones kind of sucked him uh, and then got the edge. But Carroll before that looked really like, he looked kind of concerned because um, I think he was worried about the, the personnel presenting a problem for that overall structure um, but they actually defended it well. But it's kind of to your point, Griff. Now, Ty, uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, I, I, I think again, this is a just another confirmation of the improvements that we're seeing with this defense. Yeah, is it a, on the extreme side tonight? Sure. You know, I don't think we're going to see another performance that's necessarily like this. But I, I think you're you're going to see as long as they're able to stay healthy that the the momentum continues week by week by week by week um especially as these guys grow more comfortable together playing uh with one another and especially you know once they do get jamal back and have this secondary at full strength i I think that just does wonders for them um so i'm very excited about what we're seeing i think this was just a glimpse into what this defense can ultimately be again you know results wise it's probably not going to be this extreme obviously but uh, I think this can be a, a legitimately good defense, uh, and and paired with 
with what this offense can be and what we've seen this offense be um uh, i think that's very exciting for for what the future holds for this team uh also devin witherspoon is very good at football yep yep good player yeah indeed we, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't forget about three cool and like he his name didn't come up because he probably just shut down his side right yeah yeah like let's i mean we're, we're all you know fascinated with Devin as we should be but like woolen hopefully we watch the tape back it's like oh okay Tariq's back yeah you know, not that he would have been challenged much this game anyway because of their offense the nature of their offense but right you know okay well thank you everyone for joining us tyler johnson thank you so much for your donation i'm trying to show it on the screen it won't let me there you go and also reflect the sun thank you so much thank you guys i, I know reflect the sun thank you've you supported all. the show in the past as well so thank you guys um thanks everyone for tuning in please do like the video comment uh it really helps us out if you you know share this with a, a friend a significant other uh anyone um your enemies the the, the guy right. down the pub that sort of thing mm-hmm. uh and comment you know you just support the show whatever way you can but it, it's been cool having a really positive podcast where we're, we're realistic like it was a great a great victory we can enjoy this break we'll still have content coming out we'll have a bengals preview uh, with our guests uh griff and i will still do film breakdowns uh on my Substack, seahawksontape.com i will have an article about how pete carroll is doing things that he did in 2014 but in a 2023 way to to do what he's doing now and how he's uh, it's a defensive front explainer sort of breaking down how Seattle's doing their 2023 defense, which can be very detailed, very nerdy. Uh, Griff, Ty, you have any content you want to promote? Uh, I don't know how many of you are, are interested in content related to uh, a certain baseball team that plays in the city of Seattle, but uh, if, you, if you're not too broken up about that, check out the Locked On Mariners podcast. We're still going strong five Shohei, days a week. Shohei coming? Shohei. Juan Soto, Cody Bellinger, they're signing them all. All three? They're, wow. Yeah, yeah, Superstars. Yeah. They got a you trade for Juan Soto, but yeah, they're they're getting all of them. Uh, it's we'll all-star tell you weekend how. every weekend. That's right. That's right, baby. Um, we're we're just gonna overcorrect to to the yeah. absolute extreme. Um, because why not? Uh <laughs> but yeah, so we're going five times a week still on there. So if you still want Mariners content pretty much every single day, you know where to find us. Locked on Mariners on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, and yeah. Griff. That's right. Uh, you guys, if you're listening to this, you know where to find me. We don't. Right. I'm out there coping in the ether, as at, always. At There's no day. need to cope. It's really easy to cope when you're a fan of the Seahawks because you have one of the most successful teams the last 10 years. Right. Griffin, at, how do you manage to be so optimistic? Well, this Pete Carroll coached Seahawks. That's how. Right. Naturally, at Jay Brooks spin move on Twitter. Yeah, Jay. Oh, we might need to. Yeah, we might need to do a brand pivot. I don't know, man. We didn't even talk yeah. how Jordan Brooks was amazing. We'll do yeah, that Jordan, film. Jordan, Jordan Brooks was also, incredible. Oh my god, we didn't talk about Pete Carroll's hip thrust, dude. Pel- Pete Carroll's pelvic thrusting on the sideline. At there were there years was old. there were some good clips of Pete tonight. Some good photos. There was on... some. There was some very good Pete content tonight. Right. Well. Yeah. There he's you a, go. He's a viral can, young man. That can happen in another podcast. Right. Time for bed. It's 6.30 a.m. here. Lots of love, everyone. Have a good night.